go. It's April 11th in the year of our Lord, 2023. You're listening to Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. With me is Mark Smith. And we're going to be looking at the hymn, O Sons and Daughters of the King. Now, those are some verses for O Sons and Daughters of the King. It was written by Jean Tisserand. Now, you may wonder, well, that's a wonderful Easter hymn. Was it written when he listened to Luther? No, because this man died in 1497. The Reformation didn't begin until 1517. He was a Franciscan friar, was a popular Parisian preacher who actually founded a home for wayward girls around 1492. After his death, several of his writings appeared in print, one of which published sometime between 1518 and 1536, which contained this hymn. Originally, it was in nine stanzas, and it was an alleluia, because that's what you start singing after the day of Easter. It was subsequently expanded by an anonymous author to 12 stanzas, with the story of Thomas and his doubts about the resurrected Jesus receiving additional attention. This hymn is the hymn of the day for Easter too. And the narrative of Thomas makes the hymn especially appropriate when the gospel is read. And that gospel for this coming Sunday, which is April the 16th, is John 
chapter 20. So let's ask Pastor Mark Smith what he thinks of this hymn. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to have to say this, Tom, but it, it's a good hymn. Uh, and uh, far be it for me to be critical, but it is not one of my favorite Easter hymns. And I know why. It's got too many hallelujahs in it. <laughs> yeah. Right? You remember, you remember that from our last discussion of this hymn? That's right. Do you know there's 27 hallelujahs in this hymn? <laughs> 27. That's I'm why a, you would it, probably prefer the other rendition. There's another rendition to it. Uh, in our hymnal, it's 470 and 471, and it only has four, 36 hallelujahs. <laughs> yeah, they, I'll tell you what, it's just a little too many hallelujahs, but hey, look, who am I? I'm just a humble parish pastor, and you know, it's, it's a good hymn. R written, written by, uh, Jean Tesseron, you know, right after uh, Columbus discovered the New World. Right. 14, well, yeah. Well, he died. He, he died in 14, 1494. And Columbus discovered in what? Four, 1492. Yes, exactly. So he may have written this even before 1492. That is because true. The hymns didn't come out until the 1530s. Yeah, it is a, an excellent hymn for uh, the Sunday that we reflect upon doubting Thomas. Yes, in fact, um, it's a really good reading from John chapter 20. Um, ha have you noticed that the readings for season A, which we're in right now, are really long. Yes, yeah, they are. I've, I've noticed that, especially around uh, around Easter time. Boy, I mean, we had what was it? Over forty of them for the raising of Lazarus, and then uh, a larger number of them after the man born blind. Read that whole thing. Yeah. A lot of readings, especially if you do an Easter vigil. Did you do an Easter vigil this year? Not at any of the four churches. Uh -huh. That would have been hard to do. Two of them I, I do on Thursday night. And then, um, no, we weren't there for Saturday night. Anyway, we drive in Sunday morning around 3 a.m. in the morning. We start driving. Wow, boy. That's even that's even ahead of the ladies that went to the tube on Easter morning. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don. Yeah, we had a number of visitors and uh one couple came up afterwards and talked about they had an Easter vigil at their church. And when you had your Easter vigil and I had it occasionally, you went outside and actually had a little fire going on. No, I never did an Easter vigil. I just oh, never you did. Never did. No, nope. sorry about that. Just uh, you know, had plenty to do otherwise. Yeah, well, that's a long service. It is the Easter vigil because there's so many readings to be done there. Well, we've got nine stanzas, so why don't we start 
with stanza one, please. Okay. O sons and daughters of the King, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing, today the grave has lost its sting. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Now, this is interesting. Sons and daughters. Uh, We were doing another hymn where it talked about men and women. And this is something that needs to be understood by our listeners, that when the Bible talks about the creation of man, it always includes male and female. And so some hymns are, are getting more pointed there in talking about sons and daughters of the king. Yeah, and uh, in fact, uh, we shouldn't be offended when it speaks of sons of God, uh, because uh, uh, it, it, it really it's the the sons that had legal, full legal rights uh, along with the the fathers, and so of the inheritance. Yes, exactly. And so, the, what that's saying: if you're sons of sons of God, you have full full rights to the inheritance. You're and not going to be left out. Women. Right. So, O oh, sons and daughters of the king. Now, who do you think is being referred to as the king? That's Christ. Would you agree? I'm not sure. Because we're how, how do we become sons and daughters? Well, through through Christ, but He is well, one with the Father. Process? So you can't adoption. Yes, adoption, and that's always with the Father. Okay, okay. Because Jesus becomes our brother. Yes, so, but didn't um, Jesus? But didn't Jesus say, "I and the Father are one"? And didn't He tell Philip, "If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father." Yes, yes. So. I want to make a big deal about it. Um, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing? When did that occur? Oh, let me think now. Oh, sons and daughters of the king, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing. Well, well first of all, who are heavenly hosts? That's the angels. And when did they appear? Uh, East uh, Christmas night, Christmas Eve. Well, this is talking about Easter. Yes, no doubt. There's no doubt. They're singing away Easter morning too. What's the Bible verse? Mm. Uh, it's I when they met with the women. Yes, yes. There were two of them. And right. One may not say that they were singing, uh, but who knows? The angelic voice, that would have been a song, a hymn, that they were repeating to the women. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is risen from the dead, who is crucified. So yeah. that, that I would have be no doubt. the angels. I have no doubt that the angels were singing away on that uh, first Easter morning. Yes. 
I remember Dr. Charlemagne talking about when Jesus was on the cross, the angels were told to stand at attention and put their wings over their eyes. Now, that's not a Bible verse, but it really got the point that Jesus was all alone. That's right. He was truly forsaken. All right, I'll read two. That Easter morn at break of day, the faithful women went their way to seek the tomb where Jesus lay. Now, I find that as a paradox because if they were truly faithful, they wouldn't be going to see where Jesus lay. Why? Well, they were, uh, Jesus told his disciples, his followers, that yes. that he would rise, that he would rise on the third day. But uh, he didn't specifically tell them when. <laughs> they, yeah, nevertheless, you know, I, I'm sure it didn't, it probably just didn't sink into them that, that he would be already uh, out of the tomb. No, they didn't realize that at all. In fact, there was only one woman, and that's the one who washed his feet. And Jesus said that was even for his burial. And right. she knew he was going to rise from the dead because there would be no need to go there. So how do we understand that they were faithful women if they didn't believe that he was going to rise from the dead? Well, they certainly were compared to the men. Because it was the women that got up early that morning and went out to finish to finish the job of uh, anointing his body for burial. They had to do a rush job uh, Good Friday evening. And so well, they were going out uh, first thing Sunday morning to complete what they started uh, Friday night. And so they, they were faithful in that regard that they loved their Savior and uh, wanted to be faithful in their duty of uh, anointing the body for burial. Yeah, I think they were faithful in the sense that, remember, Jesus would often stay at the homes of the women who took care of him, fed him meals. Remember Mary and Martha? Yeah. Mary and Martha this, especially, right. And I think this is kind of important to get across to the congregation that those women were sinners like all of us who don't believe a lot of times the promises of God, and that's why we sin. Every time we yes. sin, it's a denial of the promise, but it doesn't make us unfaithful to the point of where we're going to hell. No, we're usually just forgetful. Forgetful or... Just weak. don't really believe. That yeah, weak in faith. Promise. Yes. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So, stanza three, we get to the angel. Okay. The angel, an angel clad in white they see, who sits and speaks unto the three. Your Lord will go to Galilee. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. So that's something that Jesus had told his disciples that he would see them in Galilee. And that's the right. angel is just, well, responding to what Jesus had already said. 
I he's, find this really interesting that that's the task of the pastor, especially on Easter or any time we give a sermon, we simply repeat what Jesus says. Don't you do that? Did we lose Mark Smith? Okay, we'll wait until Mark Smith gets back on. I, I talked about this yesterday, by the way. There's three kinds of religion in the world that are not Christian. The one is where people think if they have knowledge, they're saved. And that's not true. Another one is if they do a lot of good works, they'll be saved. That's not true. And the third, if they have special experiences like speaking in tongues or being able to invite Christ into their heart, that that's how they're saved. All of those are untrue. Christianity is the only religion that focuses on Jesus Christ and him alone. Christianity is the only religion that has Jesus as a person. No other religion has a person that they tell you to look to as your savior or your redeemer. Okay, if you get back on, Mark, just let us know. I'll go on with stanza four. That night, the apostles met in fear. Among them came their master dear and said, my peace be with you here. Now, that's really amazing. These are disciples that, in a sense, betray Jesus. Remember, Peter denied him three times, even with an oath. They all fled from him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was only John who was at the crucifixion. The other disciples were hidden in fear. And so this night, the apostles met in fear. They were in fear of the Jews because they thought they too could be crucified because they were attached to Jesus. And among them came their master dear and said, my peace be with you here. Now this word peace is the same word used by the angels when they heard of what Jesus had to say. So this is the angels telling the shepherds that peace will come. This is not peace of the world. We will not have peace of the world until the day of judgment when a new world will be created. This is peace between us I'm back on. and God. Okay. So I just finished four. If you'll go on with stanza five, Mark. Okay. When Thomas first the tidings heard that they had seen the risen Lord, he doubted the disciples' word. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. 
Now, I can see why you don't like the hallelujahs, because here's Thomas doubting the word, and we're singing <laughs> hallelujahs. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's one group of hallelujahs they could have dropped. <laughs> well, maybe not, because it ended up with something happening later on. And I'll read verse 5. Okay. When Thomas first the tidings heard that they had seen the Lord, he doubted the disciples' word. But then in verse 6, My pierced side, O Thomas, see, and look upon my hands, my feet, not faithless, but believing be. Now, is that what the text says? Well, the text from John. The text, if you read, if you read the the lesson, uh, Jesus tells him here, here, look at my, put your finger in my, the holes in my hands, and uh, and put your hand in my side. Uh, do not doubt, but believe. And and remember, Thomas makes that great, great profession, my Lord and my God. Um, you, you know, there's you there, see there's what's even, missing. He didn't. He. I don't even think he. I don't even think he went went through the process of of, of touching his wounds. Exactly. Yeah. This is really really important. In fact, after he says, "My Lord and my God," Jesus says to him, "Have you believed me because you have seen me?" Right. N not touch me. Right. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And this, by the way, comes out in the first Peter lesson, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And, and so that's going to be what my sermon is about. Yeah, Are Tom. Because we, we can touch Jesus or because we see him. Yeah. Well, I'm reminded of another hymn. Remember that hymn? It says, O Savior, precious Savior, whom yet unseen we love. Yes, exactly. And you know Thomas, Thomas. You, you know we think we we think of doubting Thomas, but you know he went all the way to India. He carried the gospel all the way to India, and uh, was personally involved with building the church in India. One of the symbols, one of the symbols of Thomas, is a square edge ruler. Uh, with with a spear, because uh, tradition tells us that he was he was speared to death. But that square edge symbolizes the fact that he actually took part in building building the church there in India. So Thomas had tremendous faith. And uh, am I wrong, Tom, to say that Thomas is the first recorded disciple to actually profess Jesus? 
not only as his Lord, but as his God. Is that yes. right? Right. If you take a look at them on the boat when Jesus stilled the storm, the question isn't, wow, is he God? No, the question is, who is this man that can yes. calm the storm? Yes. They still don't get it until no. the resurrection. Right. And then verse 7 underscores what we have been saying, if you'll read that. Right. No longer Thomas then denied. He saw the feet, the hands, the side. You are my Lord and God, he cried. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Notice it says, not that he touched the feet, the hands, the side, but he saw. And that was sufficient. In fact, that was sufficient also for the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember when he finally sat down with them and broke bread and they recognized him as Jesus. That's but, right. And, and he, he vanished. Remember, it, right after he broke the bread right. there at the table, he vanished right in front of them. Yes. And and they and remember what they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us along the way, on the way. So stanza 8 is the one that I'm really going to be touching. How blessed are they who have not seen and yet whose faith has constant being for they eternal life shall win. Well, that almost sounds like work righteousness if we're going to win eternal life. But it's a winning because Jesus wins the race and hands us a gold crown. Right. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give unto thee the crown of life. And if you'll read the final stanza, please. Okay. On this most holy day of days... Be laud and jubilee and praise. To God your hearts and voices raise. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. And this is a verse not only meant for human beings, but also for angels. Thanks so very much, Pastor Mark Smith, in helping us with those sons and daughters of the King. And you can use the other rendition that doesn't have as many hallelujahs. Till tomorrow, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.